Lo, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, leaving them neither root nor branch. Happy Sunday morning to all of you. That's how our readings began today, from the book of the prophet Malachi. It's a, it's a reading that's uh, difficult to ignore when we hear it, and especially what it is talking about. And I think initially, when we hear a reading such as that, we might dismiss it as, oh, that's just you know, Old Testament fire and brimstone. Uh, almost as if it's a relic of the past. We don't think that way anymore. Many people would have that mindset nowadays. Many people almost think there's a different God of the Old Testament versus the God of the New Testament. That Old Testament God was mean, angry, and vengeful, but the New Testament God is much kinder and gentler. We, and most people think, well, Jesus doesn't talk like the God of the Old Testament. He almost came to mitigate that angry God, the Father of the Old Testament. But brothers and sisters, Jesus came to tell good news and maybe some difficult news. All of it good, though. All of it good. Jesus preached the good news. And even something as jarring as our Old Testament reading today is part of that. Holy Mother Church gives us readings such as this and throws that line of thinking out the door on a day like today. We are approaching the end of the liturgical year. Next Sunday is the Solemnity of Christ the King, and the Sunday after that will be the first Sunday of Advent. This is a time of year where the church wants us to call to mind what are called the four last things. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And I think it is most appropriate that it's this time of year that we talk about these things. Nature, after all, is dying around us. We are sort of entering into a winter, a sort of death of normal life, so to speak. We had a very abrupt end to any warmth this week in a quite literal sense. There is more darkness, daylight savings, whatever you think of daylight savings. There's more darkness in our lives. It's a little colder. There is sort of a natural death, one could say, that takes place. And so when we call to mind these things, beginning first with death, we know that all of us will eventually meet our maker. And we see this happening around us. The leaves are dying. There's a little bit less color. Heck, every funeral we attend is a reminder of our own mortality. I think very often of that old Latin phrase, tempus fugit memento mori, time flies Remember death. We're also called to call to mind judgment. And judgment can be something that can scare us, maybe. No one likes to be judged on earth. But the judgment of God, brothers and sisters, is always perfect. God, who sits on the seat of justice and of mercy, judges us for who we truly are. We are known fully by God. Nothing more, nothing less there is something I dare say that is quite beautiful about that. And Jesus as well talks about this idea of judgment often in the Gospels, those parables of the sheep and the goats. It's a common image that Jesus uses to express what will happen to us at the end of our days when we meet 
our maker. In heaven, we love to talk about heaven. It's an easy one to talk about. Eternity spent with God himself. It is what we desire. It's the goal of the entire Christian life. It is the object of our striving. Something quite easy for us to talk about. Yet, maybe for that last one of those four last things, we often ignore any talk about hell. As if it somehow doesn't exist. And all too many people believe that nowadays, unfortunately, as well. Many people might also ask, how could a loving God allow hell to exist? Doesn't that contradict who God is? Isn't hell incompatible with a loving God? To which I would say, yes, absolutely. Hell is when we make ourselves incompatible with a loving God. Something that we bring upon ourselves, so to speak, rather than something that God forces us into. Something we bring upon ourselves when our lives are incompatible with God's love and incompatible with the gospel. It is part of Christ's message. After all, our Lord talked a great deal about hell. He didn't ignore it. He spoke of it often. So many of his parables, he talked about fiery Gehenna, speaking of the righteous going to eternal life, but the wicked going to eternal punishment. Again, it's the same God in the Old Testament as it is in the New the same person at the heart of all of this. It's showing us who God is. Yes, he is merciful, but he is also just. Again, justice is giving someone what they are owed, what they are due. And God gives us perfect justice. So there must, in the, there must be a place for the wicked. And we know that there are souls there. After all, heaven isn't the narrow way for nothing. But maybe we can look at it this way, brothers and sisters. At the end of our lives... God will give us what we have always desired and longed for. If all throughout our earthly lives we have desired and longed and lived out a a desire to have a life united with Jesus, then God will happily grant us that desire. But if all throughout our lives we have desired a life kept away from God, not in union with him, then God will also grant us that desire. And today's first reading applies just as much as when it was written as it does to us today. And even when Jesus walked this earth as well. So it's important for us to be on our guard, brothers and sisters, as the prophet Malachi tells us. For we know neither the day nor the hour. But brothers and sisters, just because we should be on our guard does not mean that we should be fearful and live our lives in some kind of constant state of trepidation and anxiety. Let us, brothers and sisters, show our longing for heaven in our thoughts, our words, and in our actions, and make that desire visible and tangible to those around us. Let us make ourselves compatible with Christ and the gospel and mirroring our lives after Jesus. You know, inevitably, a couple times a year, someone, normally it's someone kind of young, actually, will ask me, Father, I'm scared. I'm scared about the end of my life. To which I say, if we are close to the Lord in the sacraments, especially Holy Communion, and especially the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we have little to fear. The best defense is always a good offense. And the words of St. Martin of Tours, who we celebrated this week, his feast day, 
really come to mind for me. One of his early biographers in maybe the 6th century or so wrote of St. Martin of Tours that he neither feared death nor refused to live. I think that is a beautiful way to live our lives. Neither with fear of death nor any refusal to live on this earth. That is how we can go about our lives, mindful of what happens at the end, hopeful of what lies beyond, but also living in joy and in zeal for the road ahead in the immediate. So brothers and sisters, may we use this time of year to reflect on the four last things of death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Acknowledge our mortality and turn to the Lord. And let us keep close to God all the days of our life, compatible with so many of the elements of the gospel, so that when that day comes when we are called home, you and I might be ready to meet him.